What's up, bitches? I'm with Jenna, my pinata. Hey. Do you even get that yet? Do you yeah, know what I that got, means? I got it now. Now? When did you finally get that? The last time when I asked you why. How do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, it's pretty true. <laughs> the only difference is candy doesn't shoot out of your ass every time I... uh. Smells like it. <laughs> Roses really smell like poo poo poo. So, clearly, someone's been in quarantine way too long. How's it been? What do you mean? What do you mean, how's it been? We've been in the gym one week. How has it been? It has been interesting. That is your first yawn. Marked. We are... Okay, well, it's Listen, 12.28 yes. in the afternoon, and I slept not very long last that's, night. That's your fault, not mine. Okay, anyways. So, first week back in the gym. Yeah, it's been different, that's for sure. Well, you act like it's been so damn bad. No. You do remember you go here, right? Yeah, I do, but I'm also very sore right now. <laughs> uh, I worked out, obviously, when we were at home, but... Um, definitely not as much, and I was kind of concerned I was going to get rabido the other day because I did extra work with Brody, and we did, um, running and a bench press EMOM, well, it was like every other minute. I did like almost 100 bench press, and then I did the workout later and did like 70 shoulder to overhead, which typically wouldn't be like a big deal, but. Yeah, I was pretty sore the last couple of days after that. So, how about for you? Oh, uh, well, I'm not done with the question. You quit. I run this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, mentally, what's it been like being back inside the gym? It's nice seeing everybody. That's for sure. But, um, I don't. I'm not, like, taking it hard, I guess, that I suck at CrossFit right now. <laughs> yeah. But. So, you suck at CrossFit. What's that mean for me? <laughs> well. I'm serious. If you suck at CrossFit and you constantly beat me, what the hell does that mean? What's it mean for all those people that you beat? They don't suck. Oh, they don't suck. <laughs> They score less than you, but they don't suck. But, okay. I see where this is going. Uh, inside the gym, it's been great. Um, there's a lot leading up to it. We had a pretty big reveal. Um, kind of changed a couple things. So, it was kind of cool to finally be able to see everybody. And then, um, it was hard to keep that secret, really. Um, I mean, I don't have a hard time keeping secrets. It was more, like I said, the it had been a big morale boost to kind of let people know things are – happening in here and, and kind of teased it but um there's John number two mm-hmm. uh minute uh, three <laughs> um are you kidding me right now <laughs> I'm sorry guys Jenna's took just took a one gallon jug and is trying to wrap it around the mic to take a sip instead of moving the mic. Uh, anyways, it was good. Uh, good to see everybody back. Um, good to hear voices in the gym. 
minus yours. <laughs> it gets very annoying. Um, mm-hmm. For a large part of the gym, we didn't have audio in here because we got a new sound system. And uh, so it was just cool. It's, I, I like I like the vibe, the the energy, the... Yeah, everybody's glad to be back and working out with each other. I definitely pushed myself 1,000 times more. Well, yeah, because you're actually working out. Yeah, but, I mean, I did work out, <laughs> just not as much. But it's been great. Uh, I like the energy, the – I would say there was some apprehension. It was kind of like you didn't, you don't know to do it with your hands. Like, I feel like Ricky Bobby, you know what I mean? Like, you come in, there's some restrictions, nothing crazy. Not being able to high-five and hug and – Yeah, that's weird. I would say the one thing that I noticed the most – uh, for myself, I guess mentally is like I am scared I'm gonna hurt myself because I haven't been. What? Whoa, wait, I'm what? not. We're not on to that question yet. You asked me how it's been back in the gym. Yeah, there's more to that. Read your notes. Okay. Guys, we're structured here. Whatever. What's been the biggest struggle for you mentally and also physically since getting back inside? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just no, I think I'm just like more nervous that I'm going to hurt myself because I haven't done a lot. So we did like a, for the strength, we did like an EMOM for strict pull-ups. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I need to go back to a band because I don't know if I can do that many in a row. She had a green band out, guys, for the strict pull-ups. Okay, but I also haven't. Okay, that's a lie, though, because when I was helping paint, I would go down to the rig, and then I would see if I could still do one strict pull-up, and if I could, then I knew I was okay. <laughs> okay. So I knew I could at least do one. <laughs> this is new new news to me, guys. I never knew she I snuck it. No, I never knew she was going down there sneaking in some reps. I only did <laughs> one. I just wanted to see if I could still do a strict pull-up. Of course, she would assume that her fitness has disappeared within – you know, a few weeks of not a few be- weeks, more like two months. Yeah, it was about yeah seventy days. Um, so, what's been the the biggest struggle for you mentally uh, since getting back inside? Uh, I don't really have anything, honestly. Your I expectations just, are so low that yeah. you have nothing to. <laughs> they real. I mean, you just have to build back up. You know, I, I don't think anybody expects coming back and being like some awesome athlete unless they're Allie and have worked out multiple times every single day. So. Damn, putting Allie on blast. <laughs> I, no, I think it's awesome that she has the motivation to be able to do that because I sure as shit don't. Yeah, she's doing like four, three to four workouts a day. Literally, like. She's crazy. And came in and started, she crushed it from, she's like, I ain't ever stopped. I know. Jenna's like, okay, I ain't ever well, started. I, <laughs> I, well, I was like one of the last ones off the bike, and I was like, can you tell who hasn't worked out in a long time? <laughs> I told Tara that. Um, like, what about physically, the biggest struggle? I mean, like you said, my expectations are pretty low, so I'm just trying to move and get back at it what if without like, hurting myself. What if you like doing handstand push-ups for the first time? Like I had a weight vest on. <laughs> we <Well>, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. No. They felt harder. So we did. We came back. I thought it'd be cool to get on the rig. So I did an EMOM of strict pull-ups for five minutes. And then the other EMOM was uh, handstand push-ups. And 
those handstand push-ups. Yeah, they were really hard. But also, if you have sinus pressure right now and doing handstand push-ups, that makes it also hard. So it looked like I got um, punched in the face because the, the like the blood vessels in my sinus cavity were all busted. It was mm-hmm. pretty crazy. It, it usually happens, but it's pretty extreme right now with all the cottonwood. I don't ever notice it as much with handstand push-ups, but I definitely do with handstand walks. Do you? Yeah, so like at literally every time. But I hold my breath the whole time, remember? Maybe I'm holding my breath because I don't even notice them on handstand walks, but handstand push-ups, it f- literally feels like my eyeballs are going to shoot out the freaking head. Yeah, that's how I feel when I do handstand walks. Uh, for me, mentally, um, actually, I haven't had any mental issues. Um, yeah. I really don't inside the gym too much as far as working out occasionally, but I think it, the culmination of the work being put in here keeping a secret, getting everybody back together, the anticipation of that, it was, it all kind of hit me at once, and it would kind of, it almost pulled me down instead of up, like it was just like a, finally, you know, it's here, mm-hmm. like you, you work, 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 and then it's there, and you're like, and now it's <laughs> done, it's done, mm-hmm. like in a, in a fucking split second, it's gone, mm-hmm. right, uh, physically, definitely, uh, <laughs> Easing back into it. I mean, we were easing the workouts were easing into, but uh, things feel heavy. Um, I feel heavy, uh, stiff. Even though I did mobility, just it's not the same. I did not. We've seen that. <laughs> um, and I did the quick one two s- stretcheroo. <laughs> Can you explain? Done. Will you explain the one two stretcheroo to us? Yeah, just kind of like crack I don't your know back really quick. Yeah. Maybe do a quick hamstring stretch, and you're ready. Like where you sit on your butt and just kind of lean forward? Yep, just kind of go side to side. Yep, that'll do. Maybe do a little arm swing action. And you're ready to go. And I was ready. What were you ready for? Because you weren't working out. To walk to the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You feel safe working out with people? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously taking precautions, and... What do you think about those? Are they, uh, are they annoying? Are they... Do you think it's actually doing anything? I don't, I don't know if it's doing anything or not, but I don't think it hurts to try. And if it could potentially prevent something, but... Um, Is it possible... To ensure every bit of coronavirus that would potentially be in here be gone. No. I mean, especially if it's airborne and we're all, like, breathing. But I don't know. But you feel safe. Like sa- I said, I, but I you feel safe. Yeah, I feel safe. And I obvi- we're cleaning things so and wiping things down more. Do you, you find it annoying to do it or no? No. I think it's annoying that we can't high five, but I yeah, get why. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I get why. I mean, the the not high not high fiving, getting the old sweaty hugs. Um, Jamie it, still squeezes my butt when she walks by, though, so I feel like that's probably not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me, it kind of takes away from like the end of the workout. I feel like it's incomplete. Yeah, I you know feel that I mean? way too. Yeah, it's like it's done and. Now just fucking sit here. Yeah, it's kind of awkward. It is. Like, it, is what, very, it is awkward as like, shit. Like, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, it is. It, I, I think awkwardness is the, the biggest thing, and 
and, and we don't do the high five. The only for the reason, um, I mean, I know it's in the guidelines, but um, the social distancing thing. But it's just you just don't know. Even if people, I have no problem high fiving Jenna, right? If I was gonna get Corona, I'd have been dead weeks ago because if she had it. Mm-hmm. I have no problem high-fiving her, but I won't do it in class. So just because you're comfortable with it doesn't mean we allow it. And and just, because we don't know who's comfortable yeah, with it. Right? That's what I'm saying. Because you don't know. Like, even if they say that they're comfortable they with it. They may just be saying yeah, it. Yeah. So, that, like, they you don't want to stand weird. out or yeah. feel weird. Yeah. So it's definitely weird. We're doing some elbow bumps, a couple foot bumps. Mm-hmm. It just ain't the same. Right? So mm-hmm. there's no closure post-workout. Um, I definitely feel safe. Um Man, I felt safe this whole time, pretty much. But inside, I I think that you know we're wiping things down like we're supposed to, decontaminating every piece of thing that we touch. I'm learning that we're not going to really use too many bands through this process because cleaning every band is a bitch. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, do you think the lockdown should have went as long as it had for CrossFit gyms? I I don't mainly because like we've already talked about like all these big stores have been open but at the same time like I also felt that small businesses shouldn't have been shut down for as long either because of, like, because of traffic. Yeah, and I mean you're going to have way less people going in a small business every day than you're going to have people going into a Walmart or a Target or whatever and they can also have the precautions set like Walmart and Kroger and all these other places. So we can manage cleanliness. Yeah. A lot better than Walmart. Yeah. Right. Um, I would have to agree with her. Um, wow. Mark that one down. This is the third, third in a row, third time in a row. Yep. Um, it shouldn't have, but it did, um, moved on. Still have my beliefs on it. Um, and I think something I find funny is three weeks ago, people were up in arms, and then now they're like, everything's cool because they finally got back something they want. Mm-hmm. I'm still stewing over this. Like, I'm I'm still pissed. I'm still not happy. I still think it's ridiculous that we were shut down and Walmart was open. So I, I probably won't move past this for at least five or six years. Probably not. Yeah, but that's just how I feel. Uh, what's been your favorite part since getting back into the gym? I think it feels good to be, like, back in some sort of routine and also, like, seeing everybody, so. Do you like being sore? No. You don't like it at all? You don't like the sensation of feeling like I actually did something? I didn't sit here and fucking watch Netflix all day? Nope. (laughs) I don't really need to feel sore to feel accomplished. If I'm, like, sweating my ass off, that's enough. Like, I've literally been dripping sweat. I had to come in here and get an ice pack and rub it all over my body because I was so hot. Did you decontaminate the ice pack? Nope. Put it right back in, and I don't think anyone was going to touch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you walk outside and it's 100 degrees and you sweat, you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah, kind of. Jeezy Peach, your standards are so low. <laughs> These days. Uh, my favorite part uh, definitely is just seeing the people talking smack, getting smack, talk back, joking. I mean... In all honesty, I've been in the gym the last several months, and it's been Jenna. So it's it's. So it's been I, awesome. No, like, 
I was over that day three maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, day seventy, it just by day seventy, it was just like, ugh. Yeah, I'm surprised we're still alive, honestly. Oh no, I would survive. You would not. I don't know. I can be a ninja sometimes. The ninja you are not. All right. So episode 115. We've had two episodes mm-hmm. with the dynamic duo. Yep. Um, feedback on yawn number three. Feedback on the, the last episode and inspiration. Rick Terry had the most epic... <laughs> Uh, response. You can't say Rick Terry. It has to be like Rick Terry. <laughs> so maybe we should get a shirt. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we should. <laughs> that would be amazing. Have like the he would feel so good. He's gonna almost cry when he listens to this. I can tell. He said he is going to fast forward to the end so you can hear his name first. Oh my gosh! You didn't see that? No, I didn't. He said thanks for the heads up for let me know just to fast forward to the end so I can hear my name first, and then he'll go back go and back. listen to the episode. Um, first one, uh, definitely was worried. Jenna was worried, but she worries about all sorts of shit. Um, didn't know how people take the news. Episode two, I felt good about it, which is very rare. Um, it was long, about two hours and 20 minutes. And we did like a nap and a meal in between there. No different than doing two episodes. Uh, some people had to do it in chunks and that's fine. You know, we, we talked about people wanting new episodes and more episodes. Um, here's your opportunity. It's Mm -hmm. a continuation. It's going to keep going. And actually I think people, I've got a couple messages talking about how they like the length because. When we're on a time constraint, we have to try to fit a bunch into a small window. And sometimes right when we get started, it it ends. And I feel that we don't have to – well, I don't I don't feel pressured to hurry up and finish. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't think it's dragging on and not making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but today's episode 115, the emotional state of fitness. Whoa. Do you know anything about emotions? No, not at all. <laughs> As she emotionally says that. Mm-hmm. Is CrossFit emotional to you? Yes. Okay, why? Uh, I told somebody this before, but I was like, because they're like, I don't know why I'm so upset, like, after the workout, and it wasn't even anything to do with CrossFit, but it was just like, I feel like it's almost a release, like, and when you're in the middle of working out, you're just... Maybe it's like at a heightened state or something, like you're already, your adrenaline's going. I don't know what it is, but I feel like everything just kind of hits you at once and then like you just kind of unleash. Um, And it could be either like a good thing or sometimes it's a bad thing. Um, But yeah, I think it's definitely emotional. But why? I just said, I don't know. Like, you, I think. No, you, yeah, there is a reason. There has to be a reason. You I, don't just like, sure. But well, because you why. care, but okay. I don't know if it's like you care about the workout or if you just are already emotional. Other emotions from outside when you like bring them in and then you are working out. Sometimes it just. Does that make sense? <sighs> Like most things, you say no. Okay. 
Well, I'm glad we're we're on the same. <laughs> I've seen you work out a lot. Mm-hmm. And I have seen the alphabet of emotions <laughs> <laughs> like in one workout. A to Z. Yep. Y'all number four. Are you kidding me? It's a long one. (laughs) The not understanding it. You know CrossFit is emotional to you, but you don't understand why. Well, because sometimes it doesn't even have to do with CrossFit. I think it's just like, like I said, if you're already have all these emotions and then you're coming in and you're doing a workout, whether it's going well or not, most of the time it's not, then it's like, Fuck, I suck at everything. That's what it kind of feels like sometimes. Not saying that's all the time. There are good times. There are good emotions and bad emotions. I would totally agree and with And crazy that. emotions. Uh, CrossFit can be emotional to me, uh, especially on the coaching side. But CrossFit in general, um, I'm pretty good about, like, outside distractions. I remove them. It doesn't really affect me. It Jenna just rolled her eyes. Well, it was a hard eye roll. Because he says that, but I don't. that's not always the case, I don't think. Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> Put me on blast. Here's your opportunity. Wow. Okay, I am finally get the upper hand. Normally, it's you. Uh, no. No, you haven't. No, you, because. You don't have the upper hand yet. No, you haven't spoke. Because sometimes you'll be like, I just have too much going on. I can't work out. And they're like, you can make time to do it and do those things later. <laughs> Okay. Or you'll be like Sweet already in a bad. Hand. Yeah, you'll be like already in a bad mood and then not work out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a horrible like position. Honestly, I thought you were coming with some heat. I should have. I should have known better. Wow. Because I have a busy schedule, um, does not mean that I'm emotional. You are an emotional person. I'm definitely, I've never, I'll never argue that. My emotions are on my sleeve, it's tattooed on my leg, and it comes out my fucking mouth. I think you have a teardrop. <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm always fucking. It should be like a little smiley face on one side, and then like a sad face on the other, and then one is filled in. <laughs> okay. This is getting too deep, but no. If I can't work out because of my schedule. I can you? But I can't. I could have earlier. I should have made that adjustment earlier in the day, knowing that my schedule, right? There there are times where it's back to back to back. There have been times, though, honestly, where I do make that excuse because I've become into the habit. But it has nothing to do with my emotions. My emotions would be uh, I'm having a bad day. I come in and I take it out on the class. Or I have a bad day. Oh, I don't, you never done that. I'm just saying, but that's emotional. Is as cross- a coach. Okay. And as, and as someone who does CrossFit, um, I can have a bad day. It'll pull me down. But usually as soon as I hear music, I'm good to go. I don't know. I never had a tie to music until CrossFit. Honestly, I, I never really listened to it in my car. That's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I, have guessed that. I would, I would never make a, a point to, I didn't, I didn't. I've listened to it, but I didn't, like, it never really affected me, where now it kind of does. So, hmm. um, 
has this type of motion been tied to anything other than a fitness? Right? So we were talking about this. Your emotion, you said, you don't know if it was CrossFit or if it was something from the outside. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest factor that emotionally affects your CrossFit performance? And why does that pull you down so much? Um, I think it's just like one of those things, like I said earlier, you feel like you're not good enough at something. And so it's kind of just like a fuck it mood. <laughs> like you don't want to do anything. So. Cause you've went from like excited to work out to like you're leaving. Mm-hmm. We've talked about in the past podcast, how CrossFit helps like if you're depressed or have anxiety or upset, how you feel after working out makes that so much better. But a lot of times you avoid it. I see others avoid it. I've talked to others who they'll be driving here. And I know they're supposed to be here. We're going to work out. Maybe I've structured whatever, like my training, whichever class I can work out with them. Um, and then they don't show up and it's because they had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Right, I think have letting that outside stuff kind of pull you down. We've talked about how it's easy to fall into that, but we need to fight it. And I guess sometimes maybe for others, it's easier said than done. I think Jenna gives a lot of great advice that she should follow herself. Yeah, but I said this last time too. Like sometimes I think I definitely agree that you shouldn't make it a habit of always having a bad day and not coming to work out. But I think sometimes you just like need to take time for yourself and like actually think about things and like what you're pissed off about instead of just trying to like work out. And sometimes that helps and sometimes it doesn't, but I think sometimes you just need that time to. So if if that's the case, all right, you, you skip working out, you leave, you go home and you think about it. What do you do for the next six hours? try to handle the situation for six hours right it might not take six hours to get over it but you can at least think about your issues and try to get over them so you're telling me that maybe and i'm with you but i'm also not with you on this one the if you're gonna if you're gonna think about for something for six hours okay and you're already you've you've already had a bad day it's lasted all day you're on your way home or you decide not to work out and you just go home and continue to think about this for another six hours. Or what kind of mindset will that leave you in? Or if you come in here and work out for an hour and you think about it for five hours, is your mind not going to be more clear and make more concise decisions? Yeah, maybe. Not always. Not always. Have you ever tried I, it? Yeah, I've done a workout when I'm already pissed off and then I still leave pissed off. <laughs> so it doesn't do anything all the time. Not if this situation hasn't changed. It doesn't make anything better. We need to get you a punching bag. Well, I'm fine. I feel fine. <laughs> I can tell in your voice. Um, defining ourselves is easy. We just make it hard. Does that make sense to you? I think humans are complex. No shit. Why, why are humans complexed? 
because they do have emotions and, and those absolutely. change based off of what happens in their life. And everybody has different emotions, right? Yep. Could be chemicals inside the head, uh, their day. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. And how I feel about you could be dramatically affected by the type of day I'm having. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then your emotions are all kind of into it. Uh, we just we do make it hard, okay? How would you define yourself? I don't know. That's a hard question, honestly. And I even looked at this before. I don't really know how I would define myself. I guess if based off of emotions. Just, no, that's not what it says. How, do, how would I know, you define I don't know yourself? What, I don't know how I would define myself. A friend, a person, a human, an athlete, a what? business owner, photographer. That's who you are. I know, but right? I don't know how I define myself. Damn. I don't, because I don't know if I'm defining myself based off of emotions or if I'm basing basing myself off of what I do, which in turn would make me who I am. Okay, well then let's go down that rabbit hole. Define yourself as emotions. Sensitive. Emotional. <laughs> caring. <laughs> don't know passionate okay let's play another game how would you define Gina Cron caring person yeah I don't know strong Yeah, so caring and strong. Um, but when I asked her how she would define herself, she really didn't know, right? I think oftentimes we we are we're a lot of us are wired to give compliments out than 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 to receive one, right? She feel better, right? Some people like to give gifts, some people like to receive gifts, some people like both. Um, Strong and confident, absolutely. Um, I would agree with those two sentiments. And I just put her on the spot, right? And she doesn't do she doesn't do well with being put on the spot. And um, but when I asked her to define herself, it was hard for her. She didn't know kind of what to do. Mm-hmm. You're a business owner. You're a human. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Um. But. Does that change based off your emotions for the day? How you define yourself? Yeah, if you feel like shit, then you're going to feel like shit about yourself. But I, like you said, I feel like it's harder for us to sometimes like connect with our emotions. And like, I don't know, like I think we think more negatively about ourselves a lot of the times than, or like, like I said last time, I think you were like, said something about how that was weird. Um, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. Hmm. Do we just do a long, awkward pause? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, It'll come back to me. I doubt it. You know, I think she's totally right. Uh, I define myself as strong, passionate, caring, um, outspoken, straightforward, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding, I think 
maybe a couple things that people don't understand about me is that I do understand. <clears throat> I do take in people's what they had to say, and um, there's a big misconception if 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 we disagree, it, it can mean that I'm not. I don't care or I don't listen. When re- reality is, I hear you. I just disagree with you. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay. Don't be mad at me. I'm not being a dick about it. And um, I do, I try my best to not let outside things affect the way I would treat, let's say, Jenna. If I If I have a bad day or everything's going on or I'm hammered and – first interaction is with Jenna or anybody here at the gym or um, let's say a better example let's say 330 class is just I feel like sometimes they try to punk me like I'm on the show punked like they're doing these things that are just like (laughs) they would never do like it's just and then I got to take a step back like okay what the hell is this why are you doing we've never taught you to do it this way but then I take a step back. What kind of fuels this topic is maybe they're not concentrating. Maybe they can't concentrate because of the day they've had. Mm-hmm. Their emotional fitness is messed up right now because they're more concerned about maybe they just got into a – they had a big problem at work right before they got here. Maybe they're having a, uh, a relationship issue. Maybe they're having – who knows what's going on in their life. And when they walk in the door – Right, we want a, a switch to flip because we don't want drama in here. But at the same time, people are still emotional, right? Because every person handles something differently, and we don't want people to hide their emotions. We just don't want to create a bad atmosphere inside the gym where if everybody that had a bad day walked in with their bad day baggage, no one would want to come to the gym, mm-hmm. right? Because we all have it. And sometimes I do forget that. But it's say three thirty, they're just like really peppering me, like. Holy shit. This is like when you're, if you, if you never coach class, you may not understand it, but it's just like, what is going on? Why is this happening? This is like driving me nuts, but not in a bad way. Just like it just, it's abnormal. Or let's say they're, uh, let's say 330 is not holding their standards very well. We are very hard on standards in here. I do everything I can to not take my frustration out on the next class because they actually had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. but they're sitting there telling 330 they better chill the hell out because they don't want to get it taken out on them so i do my best to try to separate that as much as possible but yes emotions can definitely something can definitely trigger how i instantly respond i'm pretty good about bringing it back in quickly um because i know it's not right um but it can definitely affect how I am briefly without a doubt. I mean, I, I would say it may be human nature. I don't know. Um, I remember what I was going to say. I was just going to ask you. Well, I think last time I was uh, like, sometimes when somebody compliments me, like, I'm like, well, do you really think that? Or like, maybe <laughs> yeah. you just don't know me, but I still, I've always, maybe, I don't know if I've always been that way or not. Like I take it in and I'm like, I try to take the compliment, but then later I'll be like, I, I don't really think they actually feel that way. Or like, I feel like it's just like a temporary feeling. It's not like a, that's not like actually how they feel. You don't know you. I know you. And I know that you don't feel that way about me. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's Jenna. Right mm-hmm. in a fucking nutshell. <laughs> uh, what benefit have you had in CrossFit where emotion has was the sole factor? Uh, I would think competing. Okay, talk about that. Well, I feel like I feel like it's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like sometimes you just get like in that zone, you know. Jenna, you just explained to everybody that. Someone gave you a compliment. Yeah, that I got they, that. No, no, that they thought of about you <sighs> and that you are convincing yourself that they don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, got but it. You, but you can't explain this? No. It's, it is hard to explain, especially if, like, people have never felt that before. It's just kind of, like, in the zone, like, you're, like, ready to come for blood. Like, you want to <laughs> win so bad, and it's, like... I don't know if it's drive, I guess, would be your emotion. It's not any. It's not like a good or a bad feeling. It's just like you're ready to go. What is the most, like, come for blood moment you've had in a CrossFit competition? Have you ever just been like, I don't care. I'm going to destroy this because we're going to win. You ever yeah, had that? probably. Well... I think, like, one time during the Open, I felt that way. And then also another time was uh, when we were at the tracks. And, well, there was a girl that was kind of being, like, rude and a baby. (laughs) And she was, like, pouting because she couldn't do, um, it was, like, overhead lunges or whatever. And, you know, like, everybody was, like, cheering on each other. We were, like, cheering on other people that were trying to finish. And it was just, like, it felt good to beat somebody that was like that. And I don't. I'm not somebody that likes to, like, brag about beating other people or any – I don't really care about the leaderboard. I don't ever even look, even when it comes to, like, the CrossFit games. Like, I think it's cool to see who wins the CrossFit games, but I don't, like, stalk people on Instagram and, like, look up where they're placed or anything like that. But it just was, like, she was so rude and not, a like, a good – person to compete against like we've competed against a ton of people who are now friends with us and like we no matter what even if they're behind or they're ahead like we will always cheer for each other and like support each other and wish each other good luck before we go so I feel like that was kind of like one moment where it was it just felt like good to win and like made you want to push harder and I remember like conjugate was there too and they've always been pretty good competitors and like one girl I think yeah one girl had gone to regional so it was kind of like a goal of mine I guess to like try to stick with her or beat her um so I feel like that that was probably the number one time backdrop to that situation this team that was in finals this team had won Every event, but one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. So basically, there say there's three events. They got first, first, and second. Jenna, Angie, Kara got second, second, first. So they're going into this final, and dude, like I couldn't have programmed a better workout for the three of them. Literally, could not. Yeah. And it, it I mean, they obliterated. Every, I mean, it wasn't even close in the finals. It was a overhead dumbbell walking lunge, like 50-foot um, rope climbs. And they had to go back, overhead dumbbell lunge back. 
Those uh, ropes were so hard. Yeah, they were like nylon ropes, so we don't climb on those. That was the only tricky thing, but they were kind of short, too. So I, like, ripped my leg off. <clears throat> but when they were on the podium, the girl she was talking about was just being a little bit fucking baby about it. Mm-hmm. Like, just because she got buried on the overhead dumbbell lunge. Which I can see being disappointed in yourself, but like wait later. Yes, but it, it <laughs> was, do it by yourself. It was like. it was definitely it was definitely done. She was you could tell she's pouting and mm-hmm. being a baby. Yeah, and I'm just I'm thinking like you got exposed. Like be happy about it. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. It's your fault for not being well rounded. And but they weren't sad when they were doing well in the things that they could do well. But their whole mm-hmm. team really struggled with that. And where our girls went broken down and back, um, they were having to break on the lunge. Oh, it was Devil's Press. Yes, Devil Devil's Press. press overhead. Oh. Yeah, so anyways, so they went and broke it all and, and just crushed it anyways. But yes, I, I definitely, it was cool to see that. I've seen Jenna go out for blood, um, competing with her, watching her do, you know, some you know, team of three, all-female team stuff. It's really cool when she goes in the zone. If Jenna could live there, she'd be your next Sarah Sigmund's daughter. I'm not joking. Like, it's no joke. Um, I think that's the hard part of emotions. Emotions can excel us, and they can also pull us down to where they make it irrelevant. Um, Emotion for me uh, in CrossFit, absolutely. Uh, Heavy days. I'll just literally stare at the bar, uh, especially if we're maxing out. And I'm, I'm trying to conjure up. The most amount of hate, the most amount of frustration, I literally at one point could just take my forehead and bash it into the barbell and go through it is how I feel. You should try next time. I literally, but it would knock me out, but I I would literally do. I get into that state of mind. Um, As I have become less fit, my, I'm not any less competitive, but. It sucks to where my brain can do things that my body can't, and it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts that I know where I should be. I'm in tune with my body, and I'm not there, and it just it's frustrating. So, uh, but it's definitely benefited me to push me, um, Arnold. Um, even workouts in here. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be a big stage for me. Um, what negative emotion has CrossFit or uh, what negative has emotion played on you in CrossFit, Jenna? Mm, I'm definitely hard on myself, and I struggle mentally, which I think everyone in the fucking world knows, <laughs> mainly because of this podcast. We've shared that multiple times. So, yeah. That's an, a negative emotion. What's been your biggest that stands out? I mean. Uh, I mean, every time the Open would come around, I would feel like shit about myself and uh, just, like, compare. what It wasn't even really myself to other people, which I would do a little bit, but it was just more like I should be better than I am at certain things and I should be farther along. Like. Um, than where I was, which at the end of the day, that would be my own fault. I got it. There's certain times where 
handstand walk, which we've documented once or twice on this podcast for sure. What's frustrating for me is when I see someone who has every ability, every attribute, and has the, and I hate this word, capacity Mm. to do it. And they don't because they let their emotional side take over. And that's Jenna 100%. Like when she's on, no, I don't know a lot of people who are going to touch her in some workouts. And that's just not me. That's not me just saying that. That's the problem I have is when she doesn't perform to that standard and I tell her that, it's kind of like, well, you're stupid because I didn't. Well, just because you didn't do something, right? Just because um, bases are loaded, bottom the ninth, you're the best hitter on the team and you strike out doesn't mean you're not the best hitter on the team. It just means you struck out. Mm-hmm. But given the opportunity, if you was asking to be on any team, bottom of the ninth, bottom of the ninth bases loaded, World Series, Game 7, two outs, who would you want to go to bat? And they would name you. Just because they struck out doesn't mean that people wouldn't have recommended them. No one else stepped up. It doesn't mean that you're a failure because you struck out. You just struck out. And I think that's where people get hung up on you can strike out all the time, right? You go to the Hall of Fame if you get one hit out of every three at-bats. Okay? So that means you fail more than you succeed in baseball, and you go to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Mind-blowing. What other profession can you fail when it means something and still be at the pinnacle of that sport. where? What other sport can you do that? You can't. You cannot fail majority of the time in society. You cannot fail majority of the time in uh, any other sport but baseball. And you go to the Hall of Fame. A very prestigious. You're going to live forever in that hall. Everybody's not going to know you, but enthusiasts will. You get enshrined. For failing more than you succeed. Yet, everything goes into that one strikeout. Everything goes into that one bad workout. And why is that? Because, go go ahead. I think it means something, obviously. Right. If it didn't, then it wouldn't really matter. If you had no emotions and it didn't mean anything. Yeah. Striking out, you would just be like, Let's grab a sandwich and go home. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> I yeah, you you say that, but you're not. You're you're not wired that way. Maybe ice you, cream. You're you're <laughs> definitely ice cream. You, that mechanism that she just said is exactly that. It's a mechanism. It's a mechanism that people use when they're not performing to their utter potential or ability. They use it for a gateway to as an excuse to yeah, fuck it, whatever. So society feels that they can define you, all right? These are the people you may not even know, 
They can look at someone depressed and deem them broken, someone addicted to a substance as helpless, and then someone with suicidal thoughts as crazy. Screw society. Is it that easy? Is it say is it that easy to say screw them for thinking that about people? No, especially when it affects you or somebody that you care about, then you want to speak out on it. Um, not only because it hurts, but because you want to bring awareness to that. Um, and I think it's good when people do talk about it because it makes other people not feel alone. Like I remember somebody told me that I talk about like anxiety issues or and, like having panic attacks or like sexual abuse uh for attention and people said that yeah somebody did say that and that was like i have never ever done anything like that it was more just trying to make other people not feel alone like i've never done anything for attention like that so um you'll always have somebody that says stupid stuff like that would that and make would that make you feel like because i i wrote angry. in here like um you know, people say this, um, yeah, yeah, you know, you say screw society, you know, whatever, they don't know what they're talking about, but when you're alone, it just kind of cuts through you like a knife, hot knife through butter. Like it just, it gets to your soul. I think it, yeah. And I think it depends what it's about. Like if it's something that you're vulnerable about and sharing those kinds of things, uh, that really you don't have to talk about to people, but you are not for yourself, but because you want other people to not feel alone or maybe, like, help them. Uh, things that have worked for me. I remember I did, like, a whole post on different, like, things that have helped me get through having panic attacks. Whether it's, like, things like counting or, like, when I am driving, just, like, count and, like, okay, by this time it's going to be done or whatever. Just little things like that. Like, I try to help as much as I can because I know it, like, sucks to go through and... uh it makes people feel alone and then it will snowball into other issues. Makes you feel alone, right? Is that what you're saying? Makes you feel alone when people make these comments? Yeah, kind of, but I, it's more just like it's rude and like when you're vulnerable and you're saying things like that, it's just hateful, like, and it's not needed. So, but at the same time, like, people act a certain way for a reason. I think whether it is out of hate or. Um, I don't really know why someone would act like that, honestly, but... Well, we've covered this before. It's insecurities. Yeah. Okay, so... The reason I kind of bring this up, we've talked about CrossFit is really riddled with depressed, addicted, and people with suicidal thoughts. I mean, it's... It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And I would say some people know about others in here. Some don't. And it doesn't have to be spoken about. I think it's only talked about when it's like you're using a platform, social media, not to boast yourself but to help because you would have wanted help. Or maybe someone did do something that you've seen that helped you and you're just kind of paying it forward. And We we're talking about emotions, how much they affect CrossFit. Well, this is the reality. And we're talking, 
we were just talking about striking out. Now we're talking about depression, something a lot more serious than failing one time. This is something that's kind of with you. It could be your whole life. Or it could be a majority of your life, right? And you got society here, and they they look at people who's addicted on substance, and as they look at them as being helpless. Well, are they? Because we have people who had suffered from addiction in here, and I think they're they're furthest from helpless. Mm-hmm. They're actually a huge positive inside the gym, mm-hmm. and to many other people. But as society, we look at things like. You always, people addicted to drugs, you assume they're like, they're homeless and live on the street and do, would do anything for their fix. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the case. <laughs> you tell me people can't change. And it's not always that. I mean, there's so many people that are higher up even that, yeah. you know, you find out later have had, I mean, maybe even OD'd or have had hidden issues that nobody Knows about. I remember I went to school and I played soccer with. Um, I didn't know you played soccer. <laughs> with this girl and she, I didn't even know that she had gone away uh, to rehab for a while. Um, and then she ended up relapsing and then she overdosed and she died. And I like literally had no idea ever that she was addicted to anything. And I think like you're right. We just have like a preconceived notion of what that's supposed to look like um i don't know if that's like from social media or if it's like from tv movies yeah movies and things like that like that those kinds of things have been put in our head but i think a lot of it is like the media um fucking media (laughs) yeah but like i was this is kind of relevant i guess but i was just talking to somebody about this the other day like i remember growing up and thinking dayton was like so scary like you don't want to go to dayton <laughs> yeah. or you're gonna get shot the, we- the west side of dayton yeah well just in general like you don't want to go downtown like you don't want to go there because it's bad and and i mean like how what other thing are you supposed to think about when all you see on tv is like shootings or whatever but i mean like downtown dayton is pretty cool like the oregon and stuff i mean they've done a lot with it and they've tried to uh, make it a more community friendly place, but yeah, it, any any place can be dangerous. And Dayton, yeah. there are places you don't want to go. Right, that's okay. Don't go there. Right, right. If you do, you better be strapped mm-hmm. and um, or be better be ready. But <clears throat> all these things factor into, I think, people's emotional state. Um, like for example. You know, you talked about how someone thought you were putting the stuff out there to get attention. Um, Let's say you hear that right before you come in to work out. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do for you? You're not going to think about grace. You're going to think about, man, this person just took a shot at me. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy. I, I don't judge people. I really don't. I don't care. Like, if you're homeless and you ask me for money if i have money i give it to them i just don't even think twice i don't care i don't be like oh my gosh they're gonna go buy uh crack rock with this i don't if that's what they need to get through their freaking day i'm going to get in my car and go home or go out to eat or what go have buy a beer for seven bucks 
Yeah, but were you raised that way? Like, would your parents do that? Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's, like, a big thing. Cause I think so, too. Because, I, I mean, I don't ever really remember my parents saying this, but I feel like in my head, I'm like, I don't want to feed their addiction. And it's not like I'm being mean, but I don't want to, like, I don't want to further them down a rabbit hole. It's not the fact that it's, like, a waste of money. It's more for, like, them personally. Because I'm like, I don't want that to happen. Like, I would rather buy them a sandwich and then give it to them than, or, like, a snack or something that I know is going to be, like, nourishment for them instead of. But and to me, I don't care, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's just, like, how you're raised, yeah, I, maybe. I, if, if I buy them a sandwich, if I buy them a sandwich, <laughs> if I buy them a sandwich, uh, because I don't want them to use it for whatever. If they if they need to get high because they're fucking miserable, whatever. Me giving them five bucks or not is not going to change their mentality, mm-hmm. right? But hey, if that's what they if they if they want to sit there and they're collecting it and they're trying to do something with it, I don't know. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not. I don't. You know, I don't care if that's yeah. what you want. You want to buy a goldfish and have a pet. <laughs> Maybe that's what you need, something to talk to, because you got nothing else. And um, I got an interesting story about uh, this, though. We went to Washington, D.C. Washington, DC with my parents. We actually took a, I wanted to take a uh, – this is when I was younger. I wanted to take a train just on a trip. And um, <laughs> we sure did. We took it to Washington, D.C., me and my mom and dad. And uh, – we're there at the White House, and it's just littered with homeless people. I mean, it was bad. It was before they they can't stay there. But back then, homeless people would be all laid out in front of the White House. They would just be camped out there. And eventually, they made it illegal to do that. And Because um, you can't have dignitaries coming in and have all these homeless people mm-hmm. instead of the, you know, the White House. So, anyways... Sitting there, a guy walks up. We're, you know, just kind of looking and chilling. And guy walks up, and like, "Hey, hey, you want you want to buy something?" And of course, you know, this isn't probably late '80s, maybe maybe really early '90s. And um, I didn't know much, but I could tell my parents were on alert. Mm-hmm. And um, I like, no, no, we're good, we're good, we don't need anything. And this guy, we walk away and this guy's following us he's persistent like he's becoming agitated that they won't buy something from him and he pulls out this recent back pocket pulls out this um thing and it's a switchblade and my parents they were startled they take a step back this is the midday and he hits the button to flip the blade open and it's one of the pocket combs <laughs> you ever remember those? I forgot about Have you that. seen those? Yeah. It was a damn comb. <laughs> we thought we were, my parents thought they were getting robbed. I'm about to get shanked. Dude, you flip that out, and my mom's just like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. But you're not because. Well, yeah, you don't know. They looked just like a switchblade. Yeah. Well, then. and the fact that he was like persistent. Yes. And not like. Just saying, I, it's just a comb. <laughs> we were downtown in Chicago with my brother, and we're eating at Uno's, and we're sitting outside in the patio. He's got his foot, like, up on the railing, uh, underneath the railing, like, just kind of slightly outside of 
where we were sitting, facing the street. The fucking guy walks up to him and starts cleaning his shoe. He cleans my brother's shoe. My brother, we were eating, and then wants money for it. Like, he's seen an opportunity. And he's he like, took it. And he took it, and he wanted paid for well, his work. And my brother gave money, but it's, like, funny. Like he only has one clean shoe. It was yeah. a sneaker. And he, he was just eating. But his shoe, his toe was sticking out, so he went for it, man. So. Well, not only does he have a clean shoe, you have a good story. Yeah, absolutely right. So these are the people we look at and, and kind of judge. And, and unfor- unfortunately, this happens to others who are in profession but are trying to come to the gym and it can throw them for a loop. You know, <clears throat> why does the opinion of strangers or people you barely know hurt more than it should? I think it depends what it's about. I think if it's something that's sensitive already or traumatic or – something that hurts already then it's like an open wound that somebody just stabbed but if you're like if it's somebody that i don't know and they're like you're ugly or something i'm like cool something that's not really relevant yeah it doesn't affect me like whatever i don't really care would you really say cool if someone said you're ugly i would probably laugh at first just because it's so stupid and off the wall yeah but and, well, like, why would you say that to somebody kind of thing? That well, would be, like, more my case. <laughs> like That wouldn't affect the, you later at home? Like, you wouldn't you be – would you think about that, like, three hours later? I don't think so. I really don't. Not from somebody that's, like, random and something like that. If it was, like, something more sensitive and, like, that – like I said, that's, like, more hurtful, then, yeah, for sure I would be upset. And it, I'd be, like, it's more, like, why are they thinking that way? Like, what makes them tick that way? Yeah, the the opinion of strangers to me I, is just like anybody else's other's opinion. I'll value some, uh, but to me, opinion is an opinion. Like, we could be best friends, and you could have an opinion on something, and it's the polar opposite of mine. That's okay. I don't I don't look at you any differently. Um, if you want to debate about it, you know, I'm always up for that. Because I, like, I don't like debate, debate because of confrontation. I like to debate because maybe I'm missing something. And I think that's all, uh, often miss read in the fact of just because you debate with someone doesn't mean you're trying to prove your point that you're right well maybe maybe i'm wrong show me i'm wrong and it opens my mind um to other avenues of thinking or because every person is different they may have a- how much does that impact your day and the ability to enjoy going into the gym right so You just had a bad day. Someone says something that just kind of hits your soul. What's that do for your mindset to get inside the gym? Uh, I don't really want to go. Yeah. I would rather, like, go home and chill. Isn't it crazy, though, that we've talked about this. You can have your pre-workout. Your, you've, you hit all your macros or whatever you're doing. You're excited. You're it's your one of your favorite workouts to do, and then someone does something, and then boom, mm-hmm. that's all gone in one split second. One split second, that's gone. Yep. When you go home, what's that do for you? I mean, nothing really. You just think about it, really. I don't think that's always a bad thing, though. 
I think sometimes people mask too much and then they don't think about it at all. So they keep trying to stay busy and put more and more on their plate instead of actually handling the situation that needs to be handled or handling the emotions that need to be handled. Um, I think that's a, I think that's common, especially because we're always on the go. We're always like, like social media and having a phone is so easy to just like try to get your mind off of other things and not think, you know? So. Yeah. I, you got to deal with your issues because <clears throat> they don't go away. But we also have talked about maybe the issue you're trying to deal with isn't that big of an issue. It's, it's just a big issue because of the type of day you're having. And that's happened to me a hundred times. There's a hundred times over <clears throat> where I've been kind of like, it's just been one of the, one of those days and I, something I like to use. And then I get a workout and I just, like you said, music's up, you're sweating your ass off. Um, last thing you're really thinking about is that situation. And if you do, it's maybe like, you know what? Yeah, it sucks, but I, you definitely can handle it better. We've talked about that many times, you know, isolation and segregation from society is a fallout from this yet. CrossFit is filled with those who suffer from anxiety, depression, and addiction, right? So homeless people we talked about, like sometimes they can be written off. They want, they ask for money and we're trying to judge them. Well, are they really homeless or what are they going to do with it or whatever? But that's part of it. Like they're being, they're being isolated and segregated from society. Okay. And we're, we're really kind of judging them, but yet if one of our members or one of your people, you know, used to be homeless and have corrected themselves and you think you're the coolest people in the world, but they were asking for money not too long ago. What if the next person asked for money is one of those cool people? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we've kind of already said like what we th- when you think of a homeless person, what you think of, but there's like so many other factors and there really does need to be more help for people that are homeless because a lot of times they have a lot of mental issues, whether it's like PTSD or a disability or they were military and whatever happened, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know people's issues. So, um, yeah, homeless, homelessness and our military has an unfortunate tie. And so does, people with disabilities i mean they have no one to take care of them and then they're just it's sad yeah and we can also go on the opposite side of that right there's also people who have disabilities and they do nothing for themselves there's also people who aren't homeless you know just because you're disabled doesn't mean i see people that are you know quadruple amputees and they're doing more physically per day than i do per day all right we see it at the arnold the you know, um, adapted athletes, they're sitting there. They don't want modifications. They got chains, chains wrapped around a weight and they're, they're doing, <clears throat> they're snatching more one arm than a lot of men are with two, right? They're making a choice with the disability to do something with it. So I think just like someone with all the skill sets in the world, as I see as a competitive athlete and they don't do anything with it. Because they're sitting there and they let their emotions get into their uh, affect their performance to the point where they go from where they could be a great athlete to an everyday athlete, um, and that's by choice. 
Um, emotions and GPP, right? So have you ever seen people who aren't competitors ever become emotional during or after class? Yes. I have. Okay. And you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. What what would you say would be a common denominator in that? Like what their frustrations are? Yeah, like why are they emotional before or after class? Well, it could be life. could be after they're frustrated or have like a nagging injury that's annoying. They're not coming back or they might be coming back from an, injur- an old injury. Um, not where they used to be. Yeah, or I mean like. I think rarely, probably. I don't know, really, actually. But uh, sometimes I think, like, if you were good at one thing a long time ago, whether it was CrossFit or not, and then you were, like, try doing CrossFit, and you're just not where you want to be because you have that competitive mindset, um, even though you're not a competitor in CrossFit, but you were a competitor once, I think that's, like... Yes. Also, like, I feel like when you're competitive any time in your life, uh, you're always, you're always in some sense, like, I think you can kind of like turn that off a little bit. Uh, but do you really turn it off? Yeah. I don't think it's like ever all the way gone. I'll never stop being competitive until I'm dead. Yeah. And then if you can compete after you're dead, I will be competing. Mm-hmm. I'll be competing to be the most dead person that there is. That doesn't surprise me at all. <coughs> I think what you just said is unbelievably true. You get a lot of people who are older who are more about the GPP because of career, life choices, direction, whatever, that play competitive sports growing up or in high school or college. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time back in something that is deemed competitive, not with others, but with themselves. Not being able to let go of their 20-year-ago 50-yard touchdown to win the game, to not be able to let go of that or hitting that last-second shot in 1989. I'll tell you, though, it is uh, frustrating when – because, and I'm only saying this because I played – uh, I played on a women's league for soccer, which was like a huge mistake because I think I told Brody this when we were uh, on shutdown or whatever. And I was like, I feel like one of those like soccer players that were really good, like 30 years, 30 or 40 years ago. And I try to come back and think I'm just as good. <laughs> like it just sucks. <laughs> like, but I would get really frustrated because they would still like think that they and I'm not trying to be a dick, but they would still, like, think that they were really good at soccer and, like, they wouldn't pass to, like, the younger people or whatever. And just, like, we're cocky and weird people. But uh, <laughs> I always, like, thought it was funny, too, at the same time. Like, okay, you might have been good, like, a long time ago, but, like, you're not now. It's okay. You don't – you don't – but it's not okay, mother effort. Yeah, so you're pass the, the ball y- so I can shoot hey, this yes, thing. You're the young buck, and you got the old, the old bull trying to sit there and relive their, you yeah. know, stuff twenty years ago. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's what I said earlier. Your my mind can do more than what my body can do because I'm out of shape. Hashtag old AF. <laughs> 
I don't feel old, but uh, I definitely feel out of shape. But I've been saying that for a long time. Um, <clears throat> I see it all the time. I see people who, uh, who aren't competitors, you know, quotations. Um, I've seen them emotional before, during, after. <clears throat> before, during, and after. Just because Jenna doubles their score doesn't mean they don't have emotion. Yeah. Right? They still care. You know why they care? Because there's other people that have the route roughly the same skill set and they're doing stuff that they can't Mm -hmm. and that sucks well we started at the same time how come they're able to they got their first pull up and i'm still on a band because they did gymnastics like boom forever ago gymnastics or maybe they were uh i think being a higher level athlete definitely helps you in crossfit as far as learning body control being coachable uh, coming, to, coming. Yeah, uh, the yes. I was getting ready to say that the uh, the times that you do come and you're more dedicated, um, right? You take someone who works out two to three times a week compared to someone who works out, you know, five to seven times in a week with extra work. They they accelerate ten times more than the other person. So it also does come down to that. Maybe you're not doing enough or, hey, maybe they're just better at that than you because you're better than them at this. But we don't care about what we're better at than them. <laughs> we care about what they're doing that we can't, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about it. You you want you hate to snatch until you can't snatch, and then you want to snatch. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you always hated to snatch, right? Um, is it bad to think that they have less emo- – GPPA people have less emotion than someone who doubles their score on a daily basis? Yes. Why is that? I think it's rude and, like, you're kind of dehumanizing somebody when you act that way because, like, they're human too. They have emotions. And just because they're not maybe doing as much. Yeah. That's literally the only variable. They're not as fit right now as you. It doesn't mean they don't have the potential to get that fit. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. And they have other priorities. Um, Because the difference between me and Matt Frazier – Emotionally, nothing. I have emotions, and he has emotions. Mm-hmm. I care, he cares. He's just a lot more fit than me, mm-hmm. like a lot. And um, you're right. It doesn't – just because you're not performing at the highest doesn't mean you don't have emotions. It doesn't mean you should be neglected, that your emotions are irrelevant, right? Um, you know, what things cause GPP members to become emotional? And I think number one I got on here is comparing themselves to their progress with others. Key word there, progress, words, I guess. <clears throat> Oftentimes, that's where we get kind of lumped up is we worry about what someone else is doing, but they're on a different path. I talked about Jenna on the Snatch uh, one or two episodes ago. She wants X, but she's had a different path than the person that is snatching more than her, right? Did they have a setback? What kind of lifting background do they have? Um are their limbs? Are they a shorter athlete? Right? Jenna has long legs. Probably average, a little bit above average length in arms. That makes it a lot harder to snatch, right? Robbie from here, who's seven foot tall, he just did Murph for the first time. You want to talk about a, a workout that's not in someone's wheelhouse is Murph. Minus the run, you got 100 pull-ups. You got to go 15 feet to do a pull-up. Push-ups, you got the long arms, and air squats. Literally, Jenna would do two air squats to his one. 
because of the height, right? Um, but comparing yourself to others and their progress, that is, I see it all the time. I see it GPP all the time. And I just, I have to reel people back in like, okay, why are you so upset? Well, I should be able to. Well, why? And my first question is, why should you be able to? Why should you be able to do this? Explain that to me. Well, I've been doing CrossFit for a long time. I'm like, okay, well, so just because you do something for a long time, you should be able to do something. It has nothing to do with your frozen shoulder. It has nothing to do that you had a bicep injury 15 years ago that you'd never done anything with. It has nothing to do with your tight hip flexors, right? And the list goes on and on. But we see someone doing something, we think that we're relatively in the same shape. We should be able to do what they're doing. And that's a common misconception, right? Um, another uh, problem that I think causes emotions to come into play is they feel like they gave up on themselves after the fact. We always have that, right? We do a workout and about eight to ten minutes later, you're like, man, I could have went faster. Mm-hmm. Really? 12 minutes ago, you're looking at the clock wanting it to end immediately. And you're telling you could have went faster? Yeah. Our mind will play games with us. Because when we recover, like, oh, and it wasn't as bad as it felt. My ass, you could barely function. As soon as I said time, you look like you got shot in the head and you got sniped. And you collapsed to the floor and you didn't move for five minutes. But you're telling me you could have went faster. You didn't give it your all, but yet you couldn't stand up for one other second. I think it's just like a second guessing thing. Oh my gosh, it is. And I think that's what I see is after the fact, they beat them. They beat themselves up like, oh man, I could have done this. I could have done that. I should have done this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have taken my 15,000 water breaks. Now that I will agree with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday we had a workout. We have two and a half minutes left of a 20 minute or 16 minute AMRAP. And a couple people are taking drinks of water. And I'm like, are you really going to dive dehydration in two minutes? Coulda. Just saying, right? They had a bad day. That's another thing. We talk about having a bad day. You go into CrossFit and look at us. It literally can ruin our time in here. There's times where I pull people to the side like, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm like, look, we're in here now. Like, let it go. Is it going to change thinking about it for this next hour? I think that's, like, when I decide to just, like, go home instead, though, then come here. Because it's, like, I'm not good at hiding emotions anyways, and I don't want to. Like. I don't think you have to hide them, Jenna. No, I know that. I'm just saying, like, I get that. I get the reason why it can't be that way in here. But I am, like, not good at hiding my emotions. And if I'm pissed off, like. That's why um that's I guess that's when when I say like sometimes I feel like it's good to just like go home and like think about it or talk about it. It's more like I don't want to come off rude, not not for myself but for other people like what the fuck's her problem kind of thing. You know what I mean? Cuz I'm just not We don't repress emotions in here. We don't tell people to take their emotions bottom up and stick them up their ass. I never said that, but I also know that well, you said the hide emotions. That's never what we want. What we don't want is if if we don't set a precedent of, hey, leave your baggage at the door, meaning if you've had a bad day, you can come in and talk to your people about it. No problem. You People have friends in here. That should be encouraged. You should have that. That's what makes CrossFit in a community is that you have that 
support system and structure. What we try to do is like, hey, like, hey, this problem's here. This problem's going to exist after. You can either make the most of it while you're here and create this one opportunity for yourself and give yourself an outlet and then deal with it. Or you can let it ruin your entire time here. And when you leave, it's going to continue to ruin your time. That's what we need to do is we try to create that sanctuary for people like, hey, we understand everybody has bad days, but do you really want it to ruin your workout? Something that you love to do? I can go down a, a huge list of people like where they come in like that. And yeah, they still got the problem, but at least for this hour, they're able to hit some strength and hit a workout and feel good about themselves just to go home and feel shit about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather you feel good about yourself one hour than no hours, right? So um, feeling like they aren't progressing, that's a huge one, right? I mean, you. <clears throat> I hear it all the time. Well, I'm, I'm just not getting any better. And I'm like, really? Why do you say that? Well, I'm just not doing this. Well, they're, they're comparing themselves to others and their progress. <clears throat> so what I do is we have this thing called sugar wad. I go back and I document, you know, I look at their stuff. I literally will send them screenshots of what their lift was here and what their lift was now and what their time was here and what, what it was now. And I put it in front of them. Oftentimes we're in the everyday grind of CrossFit and we could have a bad day. Our emotions are low. People are beating us and we feel like we suck at CrossFit. Jenna can go from feeling on top of the world one day, next day she thinks she sucks at CrossFit. True? Yep. But she doesn't suck at CrossFit. It's just that emotional tie. And you feel like that you should be better. There are things that we talked about earlier. Yeah, Jenna should be better at. But as she said, there's times where she can't blame anybody but herself. But there's also times where she said she should be better at when she's already in the top percentile of this movement or of this part of fitness emotions and competitors you know why are competitive athletes far more emotional than a gpp person i think because it's a top priority okay that is their priority whereas like other things, yeah, it might suck, but, like, at the end of the day, they their priority is to go home to their family mm-hmm. and their kids and to be healthy. Whereas, right now, I don't have a life other than working. And so, my big part of life is working out or has been working out. And so, that has been a bigger priority for me. And then when I have get married and have kids, it won't be. So, for right now, that is something that is. So, it. I feel like it just affects more when I feel like if you're a competitor in general, like, yes, you might have life. I'm not saying there's many people who have kids and a family and stuff, but I would say that still their priority is working out and they sacrifice time with their family or going and doing different things to work out to train for things. So, or compete. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. You, I think it, to me personally, from the outside looking in, it's more than that to you. It's not that you're a sole competitor. I think that 
you enjoy this place because of everything. You're a huge part of the community. You contribute to it. You support it. You you push it. You're you represent it. Um, so it's not just like you're just a competitor and that's it, right? Of CrossFit Excess. Um, I think there's a a pretty big vast of things that you offer, and I think that you attach yourself to. Um, and you're right, outside stuff can definitely factor in how much time you can spend in a, a in a location. Um, I think competitive athletes are far more emotional in some senses because there's a lot more riding on their performance, right? You having a sub two minute Fran is important, not because of the time, but it's a measure of fitness. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a, a three and a half minute Fran or four minute Fran and you had a sub two minute Fran, what's that tell you as a competitor? Yeah, you're not as fit. Not as fit. So you're taking these measurables that are seconds, minutes, reps, and now you're you're really tied to those. And now when that starts slipping, you know that you've slipped and you know that your fitness isn't at the pinnacle it needs to be because you like to compete, you like to perform, you like to do your best. Those emotions now are at an all-time high because now you feel like you're behind. And when you feel like you're behind in CrossFit, there's a lot of work that's got to go into sometimes for 15 seconds, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If you have a 15-second PR on your Fran, there's a lot of work that went into that fitness to get 15 seconds, right? There was a lot of work to get someone's four-minute Fran down to a two-minute Fran, a lot of work. And when you feel like you're behind, you're like, good God, I got a lot of work to do. And people are laughing at you because you got a, two, a sub-two-minute Fran and you're saying you got work to do. Or you just hit two Fran at two to fifteen. They say you got a lot of work to do, and like I just did it in six minutes. What do you mean you got a lot of work to do? <laughs> you could have done Fran, rested, done it again, and beat me. But this person is down because their emotions are down because they have to clean up fifteen seconds of work. You know. Uh, lack of confidence is a big thing, I think, as a competitor. Uh, have you ever lacked in confidence? Mm-hmm. And why is that? Mm. What's, a big, what's the biggest thing? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but what, what is your biggest lack of confidence? And then what's that really kind of do to you mentally? Myself. But, okay, you're not confident in yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> and why is that? What What's like, um, if you had to narrow it down to one, two things, like, What's the thing you're least confident in yourself as far as a competitor? I think I just let outside things affect me too much, and then it affects me when I am competing. Okay. So you hear you hear these things called, uh, you know, you got to flip the switch, right? Yeah. There, and I, I believe in that. I think that you can't, you can't be uber competitive as far as, as let's say um, – your volume to a volume to train for CrossFit Games, you cannot maintain year long, year year round. It's not it's not feasible. That competitive thing, if you're if that is always switched on, you eventually run yourself into the ground with self doubt. You eventually run yourself in, into the ground because you start to lack confidence 
because you compare yourself to too many people too often. It just pulls you to the depths of hell. <clears throat> Jenna lacks in confidence only at select times. And the other times when she just lets it all hang out, which I would say in a, in a team atmosphere, she does so much better because I think she feels less pressure. And as an individual, she the whole I mean, the score is her. No one's gonna pick her up if she just has a bad workout or it's a bad movement. And that's a lot of pressure. I think there's individual competitor and there's team competitors. Um, I think haven't received good coaching. Good coaching to me is it's not just movement wise, but it's to try to instill confidence, right? If someone comes off of the floor and they go, oh, I suck, I suck at this. Well, no, you didn't really suck. Yes, someone did better than you. It doesn't mean you suck. We just got a little bit of work to do. <coughs> Good coaching is going to kind of rein them back in. Be like, hey, you've, you've made a lot of progress here. Don't discredit that just because you didn't succeed. Because six months ago, you wouldn't have even been hanging with them on this, right? So you got to get good coaching in the fact that if there's reinforcement, positive and negative. I think that's something that's overlooked. There is negative reinforcement as a coach. It's not always rainbows and butterflies and give them the old pat on the ass and give it the college try. No, you got to hold your athletes accountable. You got to hold these people who are taking this serious accountable because why? You spend a lot of time doing it. You invest into the nutrition. You invest in the extra work. You invest in the time of working on things you suck at. Let's do something small. Your favorite moment ever in CrossFit is what? Single favorite. Most mem memorable. Mm, probably when I did good on that open workout. Okay. What open workout was that? 18.1? Yep. Why? What workout was it? Do you remember it? I don't remember the rep scheme, but it was hang, dumbbell, clean and jerk, toe to bar, and row. Yep. So why was that your single favorite moment? Because I did good in it. <laughs> and I felt good until the end when I... Involuntarily piss myself on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Going into that moment, your very first open workout of 2018, how much anticipation do you usually have? I mean... Do you think about the night before, the week before, the day of, the minute of? Like the minute the workout is released. Okay, so Wednesday mm. or Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, whenever it's released. You're thinking about the workout. Mm -hmm. So you anxiously await to see what it is just to be disappointed or? Most of the time I'm disappointed. <laughs> Why? Uh... I don't know. I don't think I'm bad at CrossFit, but I don't think I'm, like, amazing at a lot of the movements anyway. So I feel like 
I don't know. I always feel like every time something comes out, I'm like, damn it, I'm not good at that. Like, almost every single time. I don't think I'm, like, bad at it. It's just I don't feel like I'm good, so I don't feel like I'll do good. Then that bothers me. Okay, then you finally see a workout that you're really good at, which is toe-to-bar. Yeah. Hang dumbbell, clean and jerks. Mm-hmm. This is when they kind of first introduced dumbbells, though, right? So yeah, I was, still, I was actually still kind of nervous about it because, I mean, that's still a lot of arms and... Also, I'm not, like, the best rower when it comes to... You're a pretty good rower. So, I remember the workout like it was yesterday. Way back when Jenna used to be pretty good at cross- CrossFit as she spills her cold brew all over her. This is water. We're up in the loft because in the cubby area, it's freezing. Up here, it's hot as hell, but I'd rather be hot as hell than freezing. But that's just me. Um, I remember it because... For many years, I had told Jenny that she was good at CrossFit, and she could be really, really good. And for many years, she doubted me, which is pretty normal for Jenna. Uh, I tell her something, yeah, whatever. That old bro. And then I got the aha moment, finally. I've been waiting for all this time. I think she finished 40th in the region in this workout. She beat a lot of games athletes. Um, a lot of multi-regional athletes in this workout. And it was the last workout before we went to the Arnold. And we did really get the Arnold that year. Mm-hmm. And the facial expression, the elation, the pissing herself on the floor in front of everybody. It just sprayed everywhere. <laughs> There's, like, a picture of Kara, I think. She's, like, high-fiving me while I'm, like, leaning against the pole. And then immediately after that, I just was, like, on the floor. And somebody took a picture of it. And all you see is, like, just this big wet spot all of a sudden, like, in my crotch area. Most of the time, like, if you pee, you pee, like, in the middle of a workout. Not, like, after when you're just laying on the floor. You let it all go. Yes. But uh, all the times that she's doubted me, doubted herself, doubted her workouts, doubted this, doubted that. It's not a fluke when you do that well and you beat so many good people. I know it's not. The person doing it thinks that it is, right? So we go from the highest of high that week to the lowest of low the following week because it was the bar-facing burpee. Yeah, and then it was like a dumbbell dumbbell, one. No, squat. squat. Dual dumbbell squat. Yeah. Which is not really that hard for her. She was just this was at the peak of her hip. Yeah. Probably as bad as it was. This was at this point she hadn't squad for several months. <coughs> it was just like a lot of volume, I think. It wasn't it, that it was, it was ten like, it was ten down to one, one that up to ten. So. I just mean for like not do not squatting. Yeah, not squatting for a while, but once again, it's really bar facing burpees really good at those. The the weights were light, but no shit. Two days later, she's already doubting herself that she's good, that her score really, the people must not have been trying as hard or they're not going as hard as they could. She thinks that they're sandbagging because it's the open and they're going to make it anyways. Every excuse that she gave me just completely shattered the positive thing that she just did, right? 
And it's funny that we're talking about this because this was just kind of random. But uh, next topic was part of the topic was they aren't as good as they think they are. <clears throat> so we're talking about coaching. You know, if you haven't received good coaching, the positive, the negative. Uh, like I said, a lot of people think coaching is positive reinforcement all the time. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of that to build people up. Athletes, people in general are negative on themselves. They think the worst of themselves right after they perform their best. They tear tear themselves down, down more than anybody will tear them down. But then when you add the haters on the outside tearing them down too, it just adds a whole other dimension uh, how they feel about themselves. Um, but sometimes athletes aren't as good as they think they are. All right. For example, you're the best athlete in your gym, okay? You're always beating everybody, which isn't the most important. Sometimes I think that makes you the worst athlete uh, because you don't have anybody pushing you. So you get ahead and you kind of cruise. And it's hard to, if you're cruising every day, it's hard to find that extra gear when someone's pushing you. Um, and then they go to a individual competition or they do an online qualifier that's one one of my favorites mm -hmm. they do an online qualifier and they go they had a bunch of individual scores next thing you know it what happens they sure the hell don't finish like they do in their gym yeah i think um like when you do compete well it's always funny like when you hear people compete for the first time where they go to a competition and they're like damn i'm behind Mm -hmm. Like, I should have been working on other things, but one of the th reasons that I do like competing, even though it sucks, um, like, doing bad, it does, like, motivate you to work on those things and, like... Should. It, yeah, yeah. It should, I guess. Some people probably. I mean, I guess for me, a long time <laughs> didn't it, like, handstand walking because I knew other people could just do it for me, but... Um. Yeah. Yeah. When they go online and uh, <clears throat> they see their score, they're like, they finish a thousandth out of twelve hundred. That's a lot of ground to make up. Mm -hmm. Their best, they just got beat by like three or four rounds, or by six or seven minutes, or if it's a short workout, got beat by three or four minutes. That's an eye-opener. Uh, you can be top dog, but doesn't mean you're top dog. Mm -hmm. just means that your entire gym is not near your level, which in return goes to coaching. Uh, I think across the board, if you have a good coach, um, everybody in your gym should be pretty solid, especially movement-wise. What comes with proper movement, proper coaching, uh, heavier loads, better, better cycle, cycle rates, more efficient on movements, which in return – they may not be the best athlete, but their efficiency is going to win out when you're going balls to the wall the first 10 minutes, but someone's passing you the next 10. Um, for example, we ran 4x400 uh, four um, repeat yesterday for the extra work I did after class. It was me and Carrie, 
And Carrie has been running a lot more than she ever has. And running was a big downfall for her at the Granite Games when she went last year. Um, just and she's that she's a big female. I mean, she's strong, jacked. She's not a hundred and forty pounds, right? So, <clears throat> and didn't have an extensive running background, so it was just it was not her best events. But yesterday, I think I ran my first four hundred, and we have a true four hundred, not one of you guys' fake ones that you run in you know fifty six seconds, but. Um, it took me a minute 30 and it wasn't all out. It was pretty close. Um, but <clears throat> I think she finished her first one, like a minute 40, 41. So 11 seconds behind me, which in running is quite a long time. But second one, my second one was like a minute 40, hmm. minute 41. I was 11 seconds slower. She was only two seconds slower, so she gained time on me, mm-hmm. right, overall, because it was when you get back, you rest for two minutes, and then you do another uh, run. <clears throat> and then her third one was a, a minute 30-something again. Mine was 140, so now she's, like, nipping at my heels mm-hmm. going into this last one. And um, my last one was as, almost as fast as my first one because I knew I was done. I knew I didn't have to do anymore. I don't know. I love that. So <laughs> I ran like the halfway point, came around. We have a, we have like a small loop. We turn around. We get about 150 uh, yards left uh, or meters, and, you know, I just go. Mm-hmm. I'm wheezing. Damn allergies got me wheezing. My hamstrings are on fire, right? I didn't even stretch them. I mean, we just did a wad, and, you know, 10 minutes later, we, it was nothing to do with hamstrings either. And, um. But then she ends up finishing, you know, if it wasn't for my last run, it would have been a lot closer. But she finishes 10 seconds after me. Her consistency was huge, mm-hmm. right? So it's not always about. Like just going balls to the wall. Right. She stayed consistent. It got better in her middle two rounds. I got worse. And then I got pretty good on my last round. I have pretty long legs too. So running a 400 to me. I never really mind. I never mind that unless it's like the third or fourth one after doing a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, so she was consistent through her entire run, um, and I think that's where a lot of people uh, they think that they're better than they are um, because, like I said, they they're doing well inside their gym, but then they go against other people, and then they realize that they got some holes in their game. And one of the biggest holes, they could be fit enough, but they could be mismanaging their fitness, meaning coming out too hard too fast. You have a 20-minute AMRAP, and your goal is eight rounds, and you get, you know, five rounds in the first 10 minutes, but you can't meet the eighth because you ain't got any juice left, right? Mm-hmm. Or you get someone who maybe gets four and a half rounds, four rounds the first 10 minutes, but then they can maintain that throughout. So when you're not as good as you think you are, it can hit home pretty pretty hard because you put a lot of work in and you think you're good and then you realize that all your lifts are like 20 or 25 pounds off because uh, you're being measured against people across the United States uh, your times aren't fast that's that's a kick in the nuts right because you're feeling good about yourself going into this I feel like most people like or not not a lot of people maybe well yeah okay I just contradicted myself 
You always contradict yourself. I think a lot of people share their, um, like, PRs or, like, weight-wise. Yeah. So, I feel like that's not as, like, prevalent as, like, watching somebody murder Fran or something like that. It's, it's always, like, a random workout. You're like, damn, how'd they go that fast? Like, I didn't feel like I was that far off the mark, but... Mm-hmm. I think that always surprises me more than weight. Like, weight is cool and whatever, you're strong. But, like, sometimes I think it's more impressive to be able to, like, Lap someone. Yeah, and just <laughs> go crazy fast on workouts. I'm like, I I honestly sometimes don't even understand how it's, like, humanly possible. But No, I agree, you know. and <clears throat> So this is why, you know, competitive athletes are more emotional uh, than your GPP because they put a lot into this, right? And when you put yourself out there, a lot of people don't like to do online competitions because, first off, your name's attached. Anybody can see it. They can look up your times, right? And you're not as fit as you've been posted on the social. Mm-hmm. So you're really throwing yourself out there. And some people will avoid it, and they only do team. Um, and then that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I've already stated that Jenna, in my opinion, is a better team athlete than she is individual because she less, she doesn't manage pressure well. Now, she can shine. Without a doubt, uh, if she, when she gets out of her own way, but she doesn't get out of her own way until um, she's 100% comfortable with the workout, which then you get even more nervous because you're really good at the movements and you have expectations. Or two, she's in a team setting to where she has a section to destroy and she does really well with that mission. And because she also has people counting on her, it could be behind, we could need a lead. Uh, we could put her in a, a section where we're trying to get out front of people, um, even though she could do better in another section. She'll, you know, bite the bullet a lot, a lot of times where um, she's going to perform the best, but it may not be her best movements. There may be another workout that has her best movements, but we need her this because she's so much better than all of us around. And, you know, I kind of touched on, and we've talked about this in the past, about being the big dog in the gym, and I think that's another thing is, like, you know, you get pretty emotional when, first off, you can get cocky if you're always your biggest fish in the pond. But if you're in a very small pond, it don't matter how big the fish you are, mm-hmm. okay? Because you just got a bunch of real little fish around you. And it's not a slight to anybody else, but the reality is, you know, we have people in here that's going to push Jenna multiple times. You got, you know, Allie's coming up. She's putting a, a ton of work. Kara, Angie, I mean, and then there's other people on other movements that will push jenna to make her best and as frustrating as it can be because and if you're a competitor <laughs> you want to do the best you want to be the best in a proper way it's the best thing for competitors even though it can be very humbling because you are going to for example if carrie was running with someone that was slower yesterday mm-hmm. she would not have ran that fast so she ran a 636 miles what it came down to well, yeah, it pushes you. I mean. You know what I mean? She would have never. She, I think her fastest mile, and then this is straight through, was like eight minutes and something. Mm-hmm. Okay. So even if you factor in that th- there's the rest, she was still been well under an eight something mile straight through yesterday. Right. But because I'm out there and she's chasing me, she, she would never run that fast. And that was benefiting her. But it also benefited me because I went to the last round I'm like, I'm not letting Carrie beat me. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against Carrie. 
And it's not because she's female. It's because she should not beat me in this, being a male and a female. It should not happen. Yeah. And I was wheezing. I was hurting. But I knew as soon as I had that 150 meters left, I just let it all hang out because I knew I could just lay down if I needed to at that point. I could just rest. But she pushed me, and she wasn't even trying to. Maybe she was. Maybe she's like, I want to beat Brody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. It was great because I pushed harder, you know. I, I wouldn't go out and run a 626 mile right now. That's for damn sure. I'd be at seven something if I had to run it straight through. Um, but what were you saying? I don't remember. Good. Um, compare themselves to others. Jenna will be talking this whole segment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's not really a secret that I have done that. But no, hold on. It's not just you. Okay, this is male, female, across the board, across the globe. But we're going to talk about you because we know you. So go ahead. Comparing yourself to someone else, what is the benefit of doing that? I think it pushes you. I I don't feel like I've ever been, like, jealous of somebody else. That's such a strong word, though, jealous. Yeah, but I think, like, when... Envious? No, not even really that. It's just like I feel like I should be. Okay, you feel it's like you're not, behind. Yeah, it's not like it's like damn it, I I should be doing that. Like it's not like I'm pissed that they are doing that. I think that's like a big difference because sometimes I think when people think of comparing themselves, they think of like really negative feelings, like jealousy, envious, like things like that. But I don't think comparing yourself is always a bad thing. I think it's good to an extent as long as you don't obsess over it. And Okay, so <clears throat> comparing yourself can be beneficial if you're using it for the right way. Mm-hmm. A marker. Look at a regional athlete. When we had regionals, now sanctional. You see some of the weights they move, okay? And you feel you're, that you're typically a strong female or male. You're going to look at the weights they move clean and snatch. Mm-hmm. They're often tested, right? When you look at those, <clears throat> you know, you're not looking for what the minimum is. You shouldn't be. Yeah. What did the 30th female get? No, you're looking at top 10. You want to be in the top 10 of the weight, ideally top five, okay? And um, But top 10 is pretty acceptable. Top third um, is definitely acceptable. So you got to look at 10th place to first place. What's the gap, right? Let's go snatch. I would almost assume that most females are now snatching about 175 at the top 10. If you're if you're in the bottom half of the 10, mm, yeah. okay? I was going to say, I feel like Not a lot top. of them are like... No. Then your top female now about probably 200 to 205 mm-hmm. on average, okay? Now, in between that, you literally have... 175 to 180, 185. Now these five pounds to uh, two and a half or you know 2.2 kilo jumps um, are going to be huge, right? And um, Jenna's always kind of compared herself. She she thinks that her snatches sucks, but it, she has probably one of the, like top one percent snatches of females of all CrossFitters, but she still thinks it sucks, right? Yes, it can be better. Um, there's some work that can be done, but, um, once again, you know, it's her brain, right? Getting very good at snatch takes a lot of time. 
just to dedicate that time to it, right? It really does. So comparing yourself in that way is positive because you know you have a marker. In CrossFit, we rarely have markers. Weightlifting, we have them. Weightlifting, everybody's totals are posted. What they just hit, now you know what you need to do to finish X, mm-hmm. right? If I want to be in the top five, I have to have this total, period, okay? Because they're not magically going to put on 10, 10 kilos in their total in three months at the next event, right? Um, workouts, we don't get a lot of measurables. Fran times really don't mean shit. Other workouts don't mean as much because it could be a, a, in their wheelhouse compared to not in your wheelhouse. Um, so if you do it as markers, that's okay. Now, using the open workout when you're doing the same thing, it, it can get confusing, right? Because once again, you're trying to compare yourself to others, but those movements could be better. Someone could be better at total bar than you. They could be better at handstand walking than you. They could be better at this than you. Um, that's where the well-rounded athlete comes in. Now, when it goes to the detriment, and this is where Jenna likes to go down that rabbit hole, is <clears throat> she doesn't feel like that she should be – she's not competitive. Okay, so we talked about um, her open workout. Within two days, she was already doubting her performance. She said – she was telling me that – Oh, they weren't trying as hard. I'm like, are you kidding me? You were telling me these athletes who are four-time regional athletes, been to the games, they weren't trying their hardest. They're wired that way. They're like, oh, Jenna Fisher's doing this, so we're just going to you know, sandbag this so she feels great about herself. Are you kidding me? They're cutthroat, ready to destroy. They're not taking it. And they, they, you, you are one and done. They may have done it multiple times. Who knows? But in two days, she went from the highest of high – she had, like I said, she finished, I think, around 40th in the region, which was really good, um, to thinking that her score, that she wasn't as good as her score dictated. She's really not that good. Okay. Are you kidding me? Because she's now comparing herself to others. She's like, well, I shouldn't beat this person. Well, yes, you should because you're really good at this. It takes you to believe that you're good. So she compared herself in a negative way. Compare yourself to someone on Instagram that's been crossfitting less time. I get this all the time. So-and-so's only been doing this, and they're already snatching X. Well, that's okay. Maybe they have a different background. Maybe they've had better coaching. Yeah, I think it definitely makes a difference. I mean, I don't even count, like, my first couple years of CrossFit. (laughs) It's pretty bad, right? I mean, you especially – I think it's worse if you have been doing it longer and haven't had good coaching because then you have to relearn – all these terrible movement patterns that you've already created in your muscle memories like what the hell is going on we've been doing it this way for how long like why are we gonna change so or worse you haven't been doing it that way because you've never been taught yeah so now you gotta learn unlearn all your stuff that you've been doing because you've never been corrected Mm -hmm. okay because you've had bad coaching and two now you have to learn different positions and different lifts and you know understand that a lot more goes into a snatch than snatching it takes stability upper back strength scapular strength you know throughout whole thoracic area getting that nice and strong um learning how to brace you know midline stability i mean there's so much that goes into perf- when you're messing with weights that kind of genuine kind of messes with with the snatch or care with the clean there's a lot that goes into those weights 
than just pick pick it up and grip it and rip it. It just we've seen it, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example. We have a local, Amanda Barnhart last year at the games. She was not squat cleaning anything, right? She was power cleaning mm-hmm. and push jerking and what she she got beat by a lot smaller athletes, mm-hmm. a lot weaker athletes. Why? Cuz she was she was not comfortable in full cleaning. Everything she's so used to be able to whatever weight is necessary, right? Whatever weight is necessary, um, she can power clean it and push jerk it. There's no need, right? So it's definitely a hole in her game that she has to really look at because if you want to, we already know if you want to be at the top and you want to win games, you you can't she have those holes. She ended up full cleaning, I think, at the games though, right? This was at games. This was at on the platform when they had their. I thought she full cleaned the last couple. Yeah, but her her she missed weights that she should not have missed. Oh. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, I always remember her power cleaning before. Yeah, she power cleaned, but she went to a full clean. That would be me. Yeah. That definitely is you. That is one hundred percent you. And the thing is you used to have no problem full cleaning and, and things like that, but you lose this confidence, right? Um but, you know, that's something that she has to look at some smaller athletes that are outlifting her uh, when they shouldn't. That should be – you see a one-rep max, she should be like, well, I'm going to finish top two yeah. in, in both in both movements, right? But it, it's not grip it and rip it. Technique, position, confidence, all, all plays in the factor. Uh, motions, are they good or bad? Good. Okay. Why are they good? Because I feel like they, even if they are – negative emotions it's still good to learn from really mm-hmm. okay yep i feel like you have them for a reason like obviously it's a human instinct so a negative emotion makes you perform better you mm-hmm. when you when you feel it when you feel that you're not relevant um because of your performance that makes you feel better about yourself? No, but I feel like oh. I feel like it like teaches you something that Oh, it does it. Yeah, about okay. yourself. Cool. <clears throat> I just happen to have a, a story. I got a bunch of stories with Jenna. Oh my god. So we're doing the MACC qualifier, online qualifier. Jenna was just coming back from hip, her hip. She was like freaking in the depths of hell of emotion all this crap. And uh, I told Coming her. Coming back from my hip. When has it stopped? Yeah. I, it's not going to. You to We detach your head from your shoulders. But um, <clears throat> I told her straight up. Expectations of this. is I don't care where you finish. I don't care what your scores are. I want you to give me your best. I cared. I just <laughs> want your best. And I told her not to. What I tell you not to do? Don't leaderboard. Or don't look don't what? Score. Don't leaderboard. Don't leaderboard, right? Because what's leaderboarding do for you, Jenna? You compare, compare yourself. yourself to others. Yes, and then when you see your performance and you compare it to someone else's, how do you feel about like, yourself? Damn, you suck. Okay, <laughs> and that's a is that a positive or negative emotion? That's a negative emotion. And then how's that make you go into the next? Does that make you want? Does that make you fired up and ready to destroy next workout, or does that make you want to just stop? No, it makes me want to just stop. Okay, so. A negative. Like you suck anyways. Why yes. Why you even do this? Absolutely. Workout? A negative emotion does not. 
fuel you. Not me. Not you. <laughs> Maybe other people, though. They can. Because here's the difference. A negative emotion can be positive if you use it for what it is. Okay? Negative emotion for Jenna is, okay, I'm going into this. I don't, I've don't. i been told that it doesn't matter where I finish. It comes into trusting your coach, which she didn't. Not the leaderboard because she was told that for specific reasons. Why? Not be- to compare myself. Yes, because you were coming back, and I just wanted you to be able to get in the mix. And she's fidgeting right now. Anytime she's wrong, she does this <laughs> weird stuff. Um, and I was doing it to protect her. I wanted her best because very rarely have I gotten her best on a consistent basis because she compares herself to others. And this isn't the only – she's not the only female that does it, Only not the only person who does it. Uh, I will say this, though. Um, I've worked with more females and more females definitely across the board. Every female I've worked with compare themselves at some point. Mm-hmm. And – you know, we've talked about this in the past. You know, I think it be, it stems beyond CrossFit for females, right? You're you're always being compared to someone else. How you should look, how you should act, how you should do this. They're under a huge microscope, pretty much their entire lives. Um, and then CrossFit kind of gets amplified by it, right? Because you know you're kind of passionate about it, right? You may not care how you look with your hair, but you care what your fan score is, right? Yeah. And um, so, I asked her to do this. <clears throat> she didn't know where she was standing. And she just, we did an assault bike workout. And it was a nasty wad. It really was. It was like 50 cal oh, assault yeah. bike, bar facing burpees and something. It was just not, not her jam. But we've been working a lot going into this on the assault bike, trying to get her conditioning up. She improved dramatically. I was happy. And I'm very rarely happy with where she's at. But I was really happy where she was at conditioning-wise. It was improving. She's getting better, and her times were improving. And it was on a, work, a small workup to this just to give her some confidence because she does. this is an individual. And we're sitting there afterwards, and she just is crying. And I'm like, why are you crying? And it's because she sucks. She sucks at CrossFit. I suck at CrossFit. I suck at this. I suck at that. And uh, my first question to her, do you remember what my first question was? Probably not because you don't care. Mm-mm. Was that your best? Oh, uh, yeah. Of course she wouldn't remember that. You just remember that well, I'm a dick. I asked, first question, was that your best? Yes. Okay. Could you have went any harder? No then I'm not mad. Because what did I ask you for? My best. Your best. All right. So I, that's all I wanted from her. I didn't care where she finished. I didn't even know. I, I kind of knew where she finished. Guy, watch that stuff just for measurable. And um, she's already disappointed. And I didn't, I didn't care where she finished. I just wanted her to do her best. And she did do her best on that one. She just didn't have – it was the second bike that got her. It wasn't the first one. She just didn't have that back end yet. So she's sitting there and sulking. And I'll be damned if this asshole does not go home and fucking leaderboard. (laughs) 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 And then it was done. That was it. We had a muscle-up workout. Uh, After that, it was something simple. Muscle-up volume wasn't that high. 30 total maybe in a wad. 
and uh, I think it was sevens. Maybe it was thirty-five. It was like seven each round, something, and it would start start off with them. And I'm not kidding you, right? She could barely get one. Yeah, I was pretty much just flailing up there. Come down. It took her almost a thirty minutes, and it was for it was a timed workout, no cap. And it took her almost thirty minutes. Other people were doing this in like twelve or thirteen or four. It's something stupid, double the time, and it was a great workout for her. But because she, she leaderboard, she seen where she was. She came off the assault bike workout. Those negative emotions rolled into the next workout, and then she just flopped. And I swear on everything, guys. I swear on everything. Two weeks later, we had a workout that had the same amount of muscle ups in them. And she was doing them damn near in two sets every time. She was going like, uh, she did seven unbroken. And then she'd go four, three, all the way through. And then at the very end, she may went three, three, one. And it was a much harder workout. In gym workout, no pressure, same volume. I said, what the, I was so mad. I said, you realize that you just did the exact same amount that you needed. A harder workout and finish it faster. I did it on purpose. It was all on purpose. Her negative emotions allowed her to pull her, her abilities down. I see it all the time across the board. I see it on social media. I see it with people I've, I've talked to and worked with. They let their negative emotion pull them down. If you don't control it and use it for what it should be, and that is, okay, hey, I suck at this. If I don't improve, I'm not going to get to where I need to be. And you use it for, oh, I suck at this. I don't belong here. I should never do CrossFit again. I'm done. I retire from my career. (laughs) Are you kidding me? My career. Then you walk in two weeks later and you do the same volume of muscle up. In two weeks, you became so much more fit. Right? You got those muscle ups magically in two weeks. Probably. No, she got out of her way. Emotions are bad, but they're also good. Like she said, they're good because if you're emotional and you care, you care about CrossFit, you care about what you're doing, you have passion, it's going to take you to the next level. When everybody wants to rest, your emotions take over. My emotions took over. Sometimes. (laughs) They should. Sometimes you're like, meh, that's fine. I'll come third. That's bull crap. I don't believe you at <laughs> I all. Know, I'm just like joking. that's emotionally we'll use it for my run. Uh yesterday. It was my last four hundred. Um I was not going to sandbag that last one. I was going to go as fast as I could. I didn't care what happened if my legs fell off. I look like if I had someone recording me, I look like an antelope. Running from a cheetah, but I didn't get caught. All right, and it's because I was not going to allow that that last one to defeat me. So I still got a little bit of confidence in me. It's buried deep in the depths of hell. Um, sometimes I can reach it. Sometimes I, most time I can't, and it's because I'm not in as good a shape. So emotions can be good. All right. If you tap into them to take your shit to the next level, that's good. If you tap into them to bring yourself down and uh, take your performance to an all-time low on something that shouldn't be, then it's a problem. If you don't know how to control your emotions, you got to learn how to control them, and that all circles back to coaching. What's your biggest downfall emotionally, would you say? 
I don't know. I guess just not believing in myself. Yeah, what's that accomplish? Nothing. It just makes you feel like shit. Have you, when have you ever believed in yourself? Do you remember a time? In your life? I don't know. No? I think I never had positive experience. I think, well, I don't know. I guess I did believe in myself, like, when I was having fun and I was doing good and I knew that I was doing good, like, when I played soccer. But I feel like that was the only time you could, like, measure it and know, like, that you're doing good, you know? And were you really doing good, though, right? What was your sample size? Our sample size in CrossFit is a lot more vast, right? Yeah. Because if you do anything online, people who sign up for online competitions, 80% of them are doing it for a legitimate reason, mm-hmm. right? So your sample size is huge. It's, it's worldwide, whereas you're locally or regionally if you're playing soccer, right? And it's only your you know your age group. You could be going against younger, yeah. you know, 19, 21-year-old animals coming up from the team division. Um, or you'd be going against veterans that are 32 who've been in the game and got a lot of experience in CrossFit and a lot more time under. Um, and I think it's bad that if, you know, ask her what her biggest downfall emotionally was, and she says that, but she could she couldn't even barely name a time that she believed in herself, right? Mm-hmm. We have to change that within us. Uh, coaching only does so much. I can only tell Jenna so many times that she's good. I can reinforce it a thousand times, which I have. Until she believes it, it's not going to matter. I can only tell someone so so much of something, but they have to take over. And I think maybe that's where people, they, <clears throat> I'm very direct and I'm honest. And I'm gonna, I'll tell people straight up, look, I've done what I can. It's It's your turn. It's your turn to pick up. Like, I've given you all the tools I have beyond my scope. I've went beyond what I've ever known because I've had to dig deeper into my side, into my tricks to get you to believe in yourself. You have to do it. You have to want to quit smoking. You have to want to take out the trash. You have to want to mow. I think you have to find something that drives you to do that or, like, a purpose because if not, then it's just, like, Yep. There's no reason. Like, why would why would you change what you're doing? What's your why, right? Yeah. We've talked about that before. I agree. Give me some advice to someone who is an emotional athlete, Jenna. Let's say Jenna's really bad about this, right? <laughs> you see, what am I going to say? She already knows what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? Like giving advice to other people <laughs> and not taking it. Not listening to your own advice. Yeah. She has so... At least I admit it, though. You do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> she is so bad about this. <laughs> That's how bad it is. She can't stop laughing. All right. So what would be your advice be to someone in here that you know? That's an emotional athlete that compares himself, compares his scores, and allows them and their performance to come down and ruin the experience. 
Well, then, then actually, I did just talk to somebody about this. And then you advise someone outside the gym that could be just starting out in CrossFit and maybe a veteran one that likes to compete. Okay. Well, I think that at the end of the day, it's just a workout. So I feel like knowing that and like being rational with yourself that it's not because I feel like sometimes you hype yourself up so much and get yourself self so excited about it um, that it seems like it's the end of the world. And then I feel like sometimes that's like self-sabotage because you're I think it could be a good thing if it works for you, but it can also be a bad thing. And if you're emotional, it's not most of the time a very good thing. Um, so I feel like knowing that it's just a workout, it's just fitness at the end of the day, it's not life or death. Um, I feel like when you start to have fun with it and don't compare yourself, use that to push you. But like he said, I could say all those things and I know that I still feel that way. So it's kind of hard, but I do feel like I'm not as emotional lately just because of that like it isn't I can get frustrated but I don't like go home and cry about it no so a couple things Jenna's not emotional about it right now because she's riding the wave of I'm just out of shape because of quarantine no I think I'm out of shape because I stopped caring a little bit <laughs> okay uh yeah I, w- I would agree she stopped caring a little bit but I think competitors, athletes, if they don't have something, they don't have their why, what are you working towards, then you don't have that spark. I never had to nudge her to do extra work. Now it's like I have to talk smack for her to get to do it, right? Yeah. I think it's a it's a weird time for people who are typically used to training for something. Training for the next competition. This is competition season right yeah. now. I was going to say, like, we're not, like, you. I mean, I didn't really think of it like that, but we're not. Like, I don't really have a why, I guess, other than, like, looking good or feeling good. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not competing for anything. Because you don't want to go out there and look stupid and underperform. Yeah, but so if you know you're right lacking, now we're not even doing anything. Right. So, what's the point, really? Yeah. So, I think having that why, um, you know, we talked about this in leadership. You know, Jenna can say whatever, right? But she's got it. She has to follow through with it because now her, her words don't mean as much. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's just the reality. That's part of being a leader, right? If if I told everybody a specific way to do something and then I do the opposite, they're going to be like, why do you do it that way? Yeah. It works for me. Well, why are you telling us to do it this way? I don't know. Like, you're now you're screwed. So anything I tell anybody, I've tested, tried. Um, it's, it's not random. Um, And I share my experience. What works for me, hey, this may this worked for me when I did this. Try it. You may or may not like it or take something that may help you kind of get through this. And it's simple as a salt bike. Like people like to hunch over, flip, wing their elbows out, keep your elbows tight, stay tall on the assault bike. You have a slight lean forward, right? Keep the chest open. Try to breathe. Keep the head up, chest up. Like don't collapse over and hunch over like much uh, – uh, hunchback of Notre Dame, hunchback, mm-hmm. and um, have your elbows out to the side, right? Now it's just inefficient, mm-hmm. right? If we can take control of something we hate, most people hate the bike, but we know we're using technique and we're going to stay true to our technique, we gain confidence in the bike. 
right? Um, and we feel better about it, right? So what about someone just starting out CrossFit? Um, it can be pretty overwhelming for someone to step into CrossFit gym. We've talked about that numerous times. And uh, a thing I see is when people come in and they see everybody else doing more than them and they – and they're measuring themselves to the same type body type, same age potentially. What do you say to people like that that feel like they're way behind, but they really haven't put? They're trying to compare themselves as been to someone who's been doing CrossFit for a year and a half or two years, which is pretty substantial well, compared I, to three months. I mean, I remember feeling that way because I think we've talked about it before. But when I first, well, I mean, I was already at another gym, but I came back to Ohio. I lived in Ten Knoxville, Tennessee, for a little bit. And went to a CrossFit gym there. But I wouldn't say that I really knew anything of what I was doing. So I felt like I was actually not really starting CrossFit till I came back to Ohio. But Then you um, really weren't starting CrossFit then either. Yeah. And then I really wasn't again. So, uh, But I, like, walked in. It was, like, actually it was my second day. But I always called it the Desperate Housewives class because it was, like, all these women who didn't work in their, <laughs> their husband's worked uh they would go to the 9 a.m class but um I uh they were like swinging a 35 pound kettlebell and I would not say I'm a cocky person at all but um I maybe had a little bit of an ego um just because like I was an athlete for so long I've never I had never been as out of shape as I was then and so coming in and like all these older ladies are able to lift and swing this kettlebell and I literally can barely lift it off the ground. Like, I mean, 35 pounds after you've been doing it for a long time, I think sometimes people forget, but that's really heavy when you're first starting. So, um, but anyways, I compared myself to them right away. I will say that I didn't feel comfortable because they weren't really that welcoming. Um, actually, I remember the first time that we walked in and Brody was the one that came up to me. It wasn't even the owner. <laughs> so So I was basically you. Yeah, no. then. Yeah. And so um he was like the only one that really made me feel comfortable at first because like I mean, you're walking into a brand new place and you don't know. It is intimidating. We've talked about that 80,000 times, but it is intimidating and you are going to compare yourself, but I guess especially when you walk into a gym that's playing uncensored rap. <laughs> DMX. <laughs> I mean, it's just like Little Wayne. You know, some of his songs get crazy, and it was like, yeah, none of it was censored, and you got little kids in there, and they're like singing, singing along. <laughs> <laughs> a definitely a bad atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess you're human, but I think that if you start at a good gym where people do make you feel comfortable and are cheering you on. I feel like you're less likely to feel uncomfortable and feel like you're not doing enough. Whereas, like, if all these other people are finished and then they're just sitting around or, like... Putting their stuff up. Putting their stuff up or going and talking. Don't care about what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a shitty feeling when you're... uh, What was it, last week, I think? I was the last one off the bike in my... Like, when we did the workout, I was the last... I think I was the last one off the bike to go onto the dumbbell. And I was like, this is weird. Because I'm not used to (laughs) being... Like, the last one off of the bike. It's not, I've never been, I'm not, like, amazing or anything, but I just am not used to being last off, last off the bike. <laughs> so, it was kind of. You haven't finished like last in the workout in a long time. Yeah. But. Handstand walk, though. She 
Yeah, I just chalked when, that one up. When, yeah, when that <laughs> would happen, that she would always finish last than that. And I would, like, every time I passed her, I would just give her a little um, nudge. Yeah, the other day he's like, I'm going <laughs> to beat up. you. <laughs> and then when he was done, he said four. And then I was, I mean, he didn't say it any differently, like how many rounds he got. And I was like, four. <laughs> I don't think he heard me, though. No, you mocked me? <laughs> yeah. Four, I got four rounds. What'd you get? Three plus 21. Oh, I didn't even know what your score was, to be honest with you. So, I know you didn't say it. you didn't say it any different, but I was just trying to mock you because you I beat still you. beat me. <laughs> yeah, but anytime I'll pass her, uh, like, uh, like especially if it's like a first movement, I'm better. Like muscle ups, if we have like ten muscle ups in a, like right off the bat, mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna beat her off the ten. I don't care if it's my. I don't care if it destroys me. I'm going to be. I'm going to finish the ten before she does, and I'm going to walk past her with a smirk, and <laughs> she's going to know. And that's just me saying, "Look, man, step your game up. You're fit, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm still passing your ass." Yeah. But she gets the last laugh because she beats me <laughs> 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 most of the time. All right. So, um, keep your heads up. Uh, it can be tough when you join a gym. But understand that it's a process. If that's not being explained to you, you may want to find somewhere else. If no one's cheering you on and they're putting the stuff away, you may find it, want to find somewhere else because it's not a good gym. There are bad gyms. There's bad people. There's bad everything. Uh, but there's also good across the board. All right. So it's going to wrap up today. Long episode. Overdue. Jenna, we got some people. Oh, shit. I almost forgot about y'all. Sorry. Hmm. Yep. So wow. swag boxes have been sent out. We got our fam. Uh, Rick Terry say he fast forwards to the very end to hear his name, and then he rewinds and listens to the podcast. And he's always last. Always last. We always got to bring him home. All right, bring well, him. What we got? Let's do the swag boxes first. So we have our swag box people: uh, Michaela, Braddock, David Lutgrop, Jerry Rashardi, Gareth Crowther. Natasha Bowling, Meg Mayhem, and Jamie Metcalf. Those and are our swag box And peeps. they're getting their next one in July, correct? Yep. And then our other awesome peeps, Monica Christian. What up? Lavana Hollyfield. Adam Bowen. Ryan Burgai. Uh, Brody Mays. Michelle Rowell. Wow. And last but not least, Rick Terry. <laughs> so I think that we're going to make a shirt or something. Something. We got to do something. And it's going to say Rick Terry <laughs> on it. Because that's just kind of like a thing now. I just got an idea what we can do. So Okay. Well, it'll be a surprise. It's going to be a surprise. All right. So, um. Thanks a lot for contributing. Yeah. It helps. We bought this all equipment. This, yeah, all this equipment was bought because of you guys, honestly, that have supported it. Mm-hmm. Um, on it, it without you, yeah, we could have done it, but um, it would it would It's hurt. a pricey penny. <laughs> it definitely is pricey. You know, about a thousand dollars worth of stuff here, mm-hmm. seven hundred something, about eight hundred bucks really, and um, it's allowed us to continue this podcast. And we know that they're longer. Uh, just break them up into sessions, man. It's okay. Uh, Rick Terry said it best. You know, it's like a Martin Scorsese <laughs> movie. You got to sit down, invite your friends over, have dinner, and uh, that's cool, man. You know, it's crack open some wine. 
yeah, uh, it's I like not being capped on the episode, and I, as long as the content's good, I don't care. Um, good content is good content, and it's cool just to speak freely and not feel like uh, being rushed to get something done in 42 minutes. And uh, that's it. Appreciate the support. Keep the numbers up, man. We're doing great. You guys are crushing it on the downloads. Keep the share. Spotify's figured out. Thanks to Brody. And uh, <laughs> editing is still a work in progress, but she's doing better. And that's all I got. Appreciate it. Peace. Goodbye.